Making a no-budget film? It's like going to war. But you're not General MacArthur. Storming the beaches with the force of a hundred thousand soldiers. Instead, you're... You're more like a squad of Viet Cong guerrillas behind enemy lines. Trying to complete an impossible mission using guile and your wits. The odds stacked against you. It's risky, difficult, and dangerous. I can swear to it. I've been there. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I wanted to mention before we got too far away from it is uh, you, you, Matt mentioned things that they added to the series that are kind of disturbing is when Jamie yeah. rapes Cersei. You remember that? Right. That doesn't happen in the books. And it's actually really disappointing to see on film. It's it, a weird, it, it's it, a like, weird decision. Right? Uh, served, why would they need that? By, by, Tommen, by, by Tommen's... Uh, yeah. I, I thought nah. that he, it did happen that way. No, they had sex, but yeah, it was 100% Jamie consensual in the books. anyone. He's not that kind of guy. Yeah. Mm. Ja- so in th- Jamie has has an mm. immense amount of honor, and it, it is it, it it's because he's devoted to his family and to and to Cersei. He's devoted to Tyrion and Cersei, um, and him raping her kind of just it. I I don't know. It seemed like so unnecessary, and it kind of taints. Uh, Jamie's arc it taints his character totally. development. I mean, there's you know? Jamie in the book. There's a part yeah. where he goes back to uh, I want to say Harrenhal or something, and um, where the mountains men uh, after the mountain dies, his men have been holding the the fort, and he arrives. And the last time he was there, there was this prostitute that they sent to his bed, and he he sent her away. You know, a young woman that, and so mm-hmm. when he arrives, he she's still there, and he finds that most of her teeth are broken, her nose is broken. And it's because the mountain, she talked back to him at some point and he punched her with a, you know, a gauntleted fist. And since then, she's been like constantly raped by the mountain's men. They just use her all the time. And so Jamie shows up, finds out what happened, that they've been raping this. And she's a prostitute, you know, and he finds out they've been raping this prostitute. And he just starts hanging the art. Uh, or no, he has Ilian Payne. Ilian Payne is with him, the the um, executioner, and he just starts having them cut yeah. their heads off. And the whole time they're like up on the block, they're going, "I've had her a hundred times, my lord. Why is this different? What's going on?" And it's like, that's Jamie's view on rape. It's like I don't care if you think she's a whore yeah. or what you think, yeah. or you know how insignificant you think this person is. And he, she has rights. You know, she has. And he. It, he risks his life That's to right. save Brienne yeah, from rape as well. Right. Yeah. Well, I, he does that. I, uh, he does that in the show and those in the books. I, I, I think a, a, a big criticism of the show is I don't think that they handled any of the rape scenes with any sort of um, delicacy. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, and I think you could, going so far as to add one yeah. that didn't even exist. Yeah, and it felt it felt a little bit like they were they were trying to write as George Martin. And and they really failed on that. Like it felt like they thought like this this would this yeah. would be what George would do, uh, even though he didn't. And it just didn't. I'm glad they moved away from that because if you think about it, like after the criticism of adding that scene, they did kind of move away from that mm-hmm. quite a bit. You see a lot less of the sort of the sexual assault occurring throughout the show. And I think to your point, Chris, about like setting the the um, the social norms of the time and and building that world out and putting emphasis on how those those norms affect the characters lives. I, that's an area I don't think the show just 
had as a strong point. And I think you could have literally scrubbed all those moments out and it doesn't hurt the show in any way. Um, so if you, you guys don't mind, I kind of want to go back to the final well, episode. Just make sure, one yeah. point though yeah, about, the writing, about what Andrew was saying. Go about for it, they, yeah. they have, what you just said, Andrew, is something that I th- I think happens a lot in the show, where they go, "What would George R. R. Martin do?" Like, not what would he do, but like, uh, let's do something in the style of him. So they that's where I yeah, go, right. I think that there is a lack of understanding with the writers sometimes because they they seem to have this idea that it's people love it when George R. R. Martin how he just kills characters, how he, you know nobody's ar- has any special armor, everybody's you know just as vulnerable as the next or he'll have a scene where he kills you know five or six main characters at once and so they go you know it's let's do some disturbing stuff too let's see what we can write and i think that's what they don't understand is that when these things happen in his writing they happen because all these things have been set in motion and they were inevitable so when they go let's do something in the style of martin that's real disturbing let's have jamie uh rape cersei that did, that's not some inevitable thing that was coming no matter what. You know, that's not something that the plot just got, it, you know, put on the tracks. They, they just added it, and that's what I'm getting at. It feels like a lot yeah. of times they just add disturbing things because they want to be doing it too, but they don't understand why his writing gets disturbing. I, 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 would, I wouldn't say lots of times, actually. I, I actually feel like the show moved away from some of the more disturbing things. Um, I mean, certainly, certainly after the that, Rams, after Ramsey snow died, they kind of moved away from the disturbing. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's like they, uh, I think they realize it's not in their nature to write that stuff, but I don't really feel like there are a lot of moments. I mean, there was that one and there is uh, Sansa being Ramsey's, you know, bride that's raped. And, and, but I understand that move because again, it's like, they're not. They're trying to minimize characters that don't really go anywhere, or or at least don't play a part in the yeah. in the end game. So I understand swapping it. Like, why would you introduce a side character? Where is that going? Even George doesn't seem to know where this is going. Let's just insert a main character. It's going to have a bigger impact at the end. So I actually I, I I think that there are a couple moments where that might be applicable, but I don't think in general they they did. I think the the Jamie rape of Cersei is is right at the top of that. But beyond that, I feel like the more they took over, the less it got. The less you had those those oh my I god moments when they go there. When they when they so, take it to that level, they're they are writing on a level that requires such skill and delicacy to pull it off and make it work. And that's what I'm saying. I don't think they have it. Yeah. Well, I don't so, think they have the time for it. One of the things that I think about that helps illustrate the point of, about sociological storytelling is when George R. R. Martin kills off your favorite character and you just unceremoniously and you're like, what the fuck? How can I even read this story anymore? But then you do and then you're like, okay, yeah, I've got a new favorite character. Just stepped right in yeah. to, fill, to fill the role because to him it's like social forces and, and uh, magical forces and gigantic world shaping forces are the important elements that help guide the stories much more so than individuals. And that's how you can have George RR Martin just kill off everybody that you ever loved. And then you're still like totally enthralled in the series, you know? Um, Okay. So I want to get back to the, the the final episode, if you guys don't mind. No, absolutely. 
Okay, so uh, th- the, the, there were a couple of criticisms I had of the final episode, and I'm interested to hear your take on this, Andrew, because you seem to be a lot more forgiving okay. than I am. And uh, that is, I thought that the throne room scene was such feel-good fan service that it kind of annoyed, not the throne room, the, uh, the chamber, the, yeah. the, the small council scene. <laughs> was, it's like real feel-good fan service kind of shit that kind of just made me go, like... Oh, Come yeah. on, guys. Like freeze you know, frame, I mean, like, uh, 80s sitcom theme song, roll the credits. I mean, oh, those guys. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so like, okay, so and this this is why. I want to explain it real quick. Uh, I won't take too much time. Braun should have never gotten Highgarden. Like, well, why that, the fuck would anyone ever let Braun have Highgarden? Well, I, I, I know why narratively it happens. Right. But I, don't know I know why it happens about, narratively. I but I think that that was... <laughs> well, basically... Basically, he he along the series, he he, he uh, several times uh, threatens to, to to double turn on either Jamie or or Tyrion, and so at ever at every point he he makes them basically give him du- something, double his payoff, right? So he keeps so, it, getting, it, so it, yeah, he oh, ends wow. up being Lord of Highgarden, which to me is fucking insane, and I I don't believe it. But uh, there's a really cool thing from the from the books that gets left out, and that is. Um, that you know how Bronn marries yeah. Lolly's Stokeworth in the books and in the show he has that taken away from him and uh, I don't I don't believe that it happens in the books I don't really remember but he marries Lolly's Stokeworth and becomes like you know Lord of he, Stokeworth Castle he's not the Lord he's of living Stokeworth. there with her he's Sir Bronn but everybody that lives in Stoke, Stokeworth calls him the Lord, Lord of Stokeworth because they just like him so much right right that's what it is right because and uh, so Lolly's older sister, I think, is the one who is technically uh, in charge of Stokeworth. But everyone's yeah. referring to Bronn as <laughs> the Lord of Stokeworth. And Bronn names his l- new little bastard baby yeah. uh, Tyrion. Right after Tyrion has just murdered uh, <laughs> Tywin and fled across the sea and right. supposedly murdered Joffrey. Right. And so Cersei is just like fucking spitting mad. But anyway, that's that is a little. It just Aside. sort of illustrates why Braun is a fan favorite, and Braun yeah. is a gr- is a great character in the shows as well. They, they do a good job of Braun. Okay, so Braun becomes Lord of Highgarden. Sam becomes Grand Maester, but Sam never finished his Maester training. What? Like, <laughs> I, I I I dig the idea of Sam like on the High Council, right? You know, the Small Council, and I think that's cool. I just don't think he should have been a maester because you know he's got his he's got his wife or his, well, they his may, wildling bride. You know they they may not have had any maesters left. There's maesters. No, no. I, I think um, yeah, yeah. The, like there's the citadel, there's no, which is in um, there's no PhDs Old Town. left or something. The citadel in Old Town, the citadel in Old Town was untouched by the war. Well, I mean, do, do yeah. we see it standing? I don't know. I don't know. It's it's uh it's far enough south though that I think that it wasn't engulfed by the uh, by no, the. The, but anyway, so that and what else was there? I, I think that, you know, yeah. Bran being king, whatever. Uh, I, I think that it's great that Bran ends up on the Kingsguard. I think that's that's awesome. Oh, yeah, that's pretty I, cool. That was a good decision. I think that probably ends up that way in the book, too. Um, and there was, you know, t- uh, Tyrion being handed the king was just sort of an inevitability in my mind, right? That, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But... Uh, just the the basically 
Sam as Grand Maester and Braun as and, and Master Lord of, of High Garden, and then it <laughs> what and Master of Coin that it, and they immediately show you how bad of a decision it was and right. how <laughs> unrealistic of an idea that it was to make him Master of Coin by him going like, oh, we got to the state needs to fund yeah. the reopening of all just, the brothels. Just bizarre. You know? <laughs> well, I, I, I this is how I felt about it. I it was a in an otherwise heavy show. It was um, brevity. Only, yeah. It was yeah, and and I don't, I don't know that it fits, and I don't think it was necessary. It wasn't, um, and or it, at least not to the level that it that it occurred. Like I think that you could have, um, you could have played that scene. What I would have liked to have seen, I would have liked to have seen that see that play out as the more things change, the more they stay the same. After all, and and a little bit of like uh, after all this battle and all the this hero journey. But right back where we were, it's an incompetent group of bureaucrats trying to run a kingdom. <laughs> and uh, sure, there's a couple of happy endings in it, but really, like, like this is just this this world that they live in is cyclical, and they can't escape it. And and well, all the deaths and all the everything didn't really mean anything. And and really underscore that scene with a little bit of melancholy, like everything that you've just watched for the last eight seasons has led us right back to where we were at the beginning. And this is why this system is is so flawed because well they they did break the system though and create a new one uh, and that was kind of so that was actually one of the the things that struck me as funny is a lot of people were like oh so they invented democracy out of nowhere <laughs> yeah that's real realistic and i'm like hold up guys you know what they invented was one of the least effective systems of government to have ever existed in the history of mankind and that is rule by electors, who of yeah. lords who elect a king. And have you ever heard of the Holy Roman Empire? <laughs> the, the Holy Roman Empire was one of the the most disjointed, fractious, uh, prone to civil conflict um, empires that ever existed. And the way that things play out in the Holy Roman Empire into the modern day is the two places that were most ruled by the Holy Roman Empire were the north of Italy and the German lands, right? And they were all they were so fractious all the way up until the, the 20th century that they, they never really had any sort of unity. So they really manifest themselves in the 20th century with this hyper-nationalism that is attempting to draw together these d- disparate groups of people into uh, a, a kind of, a, you know whole as a unique whole right and you ever heard, you know you know what happens with germany and italy in the 20th century right uh, well, I, I think they, I mean, they, uh, they had some disagreements right with uh, everyone else yeah yeah they, they did a, they did a couple things no but i mean of course mussolini and hitler aren't the direct result of the holy roman empire like having domination over the the city-states of the north of italy and you know austria and germany but it certainly didn't help well, and I I thought that that scene, the, the, okay. So there's two moments in the in the final episode that I didn't love, and one of it is the is the the king's court, right? And not because I disagreed. I mean, like I, I don't really care if Sam is a grandmaster or not, meister or not. I mean, it's fine. I, I agree. He could have just been a meister or the king's meister, and that would have been better. Well, no, that's that's what he, that's what the grandmaster is, right? Well, the grandmaster, like I think, archmaster is. Ah, uh, I see. Is the the head of the citadel, 
And then Grandmaster is the head of the is the king's advisor. I, okay, I so I, I, I'm fine with that then because I mean, you know, I, Brand, I, I, he's his brother's homie. There's loyalty there. I'm I'm okay with that. It doesn't bother me. Um, Brand, I, I just would have liked to have seen him finish <laughs> yeah, his education really. first. Um, so we don't we don't know how much time passed between the time we know weeks have gone by between the capture of Jon Snow and and his eventual exile. Yeah. So maybe in that time, Sam went back and finished school. It's and, it's the first it's the first small council meeting though, right? I think. Well, yes, but but weeks have gone by since. Uh, so you remember, like the weeks have gone by from the moment that John kills Daenerys till yeah. Bran is elected takes, as king. No, and it so takes years. There's to some there's some time. He's he's not qualified, man. But, but that's yeah. okay. Neither neither is their master of coins. Yeah, so it's all so, right. And really, uh, they can't Russell, be as bad as and, and again, uh, small council that she had when she was queen regent. That was just hilarious. That's true. Yeah. If they if they changed the tone a little bit more, I think it would have. You, too Dave, you are such you know? a nice and, person. Do you know that? Like you are just like every <laughs> every point we bring up, you're just like guys. Look, think about it this way. <laughs> like you're you're there to defend them in every. Well, well it's because like, he's coming. He's coming at it as a filmmaker, and we're right. coming at it as people who are. I mean, I know you're a big fan of film, but I'm more of a fan of like novels. I, uh-huh. I prefer novels to film any day of the week, right? So like, whenever I see adaptations of stories that i like on film i'm always super fucking critical of them you know and uh i have actually dropped sort of toned down my criticisms of game of thrones because of my arguments on the yeah. internet <laughs> <laughs> well i i so i'm like i'm like okay okay I, I i see where you're coming from what i i try to look at it from the perspective of what the filmmaker was trying to do yeah first like I gotcha. before, but like okay, I'll give you a great example. We're gonna deviate slightly from Game of Thrones. Did you guys watch the oh, the, the Molly Crew film? No, I, I didn't watch that. No, no I never, I never saw that the Molly Crew movie. I didn't okay. watch it because you said it sucked. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, it's yeah. it's just okay. It's just whatever. Like if it was on, I wouldn't poke my eyes out with a spork. But uh, you know, but they were trying to go for the sort of. I mean, by their own admission, like in interviews, they were trying to go for the sort of like Goodfellas esque, very like gritty version of the Motley Crew story. And then I look at what's on screen, and it's not that. Like, I, so, so when I look at a film, and, and when I go to criticize it, like, first and foremost, emotionally, how did it make me feel? And second, to, secondarily, like, what was the intent of the filmmaker, and did they execute that intent? And then third, I, I decide, do I agree with that decision or not for my own personal? But like, what I would have done, or what the source material is, is a little less important to me than treating the series as a whole. And I think Matt, we talked about this a little bit, like certain things that I was a little disappointed by, like lady Stoneheart, for example, are only really colored because I know that, that, Oh no, like the golden company, like the golden company's exit is pretty underwhelming, but only because I was hyped up. I was hyped up by what I had heard existed in the books. And I, and I, and I blurred those lines between what the show presented, which they're just cannon fodder in the show. And it was fine. I would have loved to seen some elephants, but um, if it meant that we got to see John Pett's ghost, I'm fine with no elephants. But within the context of just <laughs> that, that was your one big you criticism so of the <laughs> series. Massive. <laughs> really for days, I was so depressed by that, man. There's something about there's something about animals in films that like 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 this is why you don't kill a dog in a scene unless you really have to have an impact. That's why dogs always survive. But um, um, so oh sorry yeah. no so so like so it's not that I'm trying to be apologetic about it. I just trying to, I'm trying to think, put myself in the mind of the filmmakers. Okay. What are you trying to accomplish? And I think 
that they and, and and that's why the game the 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 court the court scene the king's court scene fails to me because I think I know what they were trying to go for and I just don't think that they executed well. Yeah. Similarly, when I think it's Sam when he stands up and he says, "Why don't we let everyone have a vote?" and and all the kings laugh. I think it was the same. It's actually the same message that I think the king's court was trying to convey, and I think both of those moments really fell flat for me. I, I actually didn't mind the the one where yeah. the, the scene where everyone laughs at Sam. I, I kind of feel like that's, you know, I mean, that, that felt in-world yeah. to me. It felt... Sure, you know, sure. Yeah. But, like, the tone was like... Why it, don't it, we let everyone have a vote? And everyone's it, like, yeah, oh, yeah. we'll let my horse have a vote. <laughs> yeah, like, it, play, it, it played... It, it came off as comedy and less... Um, I don't know. I just... I wanted... I wanted and I think the scene needed, like, an undercurrent of, like... Oh man, this is depressing. Like you think, like yeah, it's funny, but also like you. you... To me, it was depressing because I was just like, oh yeah. I mean, they're so far away from the development of you know, well, bourgeois also, democracy. The, the whole <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. one of the main themes of the series is just how bad common people suffer constantly whenever there's some kind of political turmoil uh-huh. like that, and um, so then when you just see the uh, in complete lack of regard where yeah that guy uh says something about his horse you know <laughs> like and it's like they it, it, yeah it, it right. just that right there is like puts a light nice little cap on that 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 theme that the the entire time you know where they're you know towns are burned sacked all this stuff like all the common people are going to do is just suffer 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 and then you find out that even this new government the one we love the one that's like the new hope really doesn't give a shit about them either no the brand doesn't like the the first council meeting he's just like yeah cool i'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna go look into the past like he's he's yeah. so checked out and um again you that that could have had more more weight to it and just it, it just well, sort of, i think that there's enough weight to it for anyone who's really tr- thinking about it to pick up on the fact sure. that brand is go- going yeah. to be another absentee king you know right right at best not to to turn back the clock too much, but you you were mentioning uh, seeing bad things happen to animals. Yeah. Um, and that's how I felt about the dragons in the series. Mm. And, uh, you know, I know the dragons aren't real, but they remind me of my cats because they sound like my cats when my cats are hoarse <laughs> in the morning and they... <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but, uh, no, so uh, I remember the, the big argument that you and I got into online was about Euron, uh, uh, the... the Season eight's Deus yeah. Ex Machina, Euron Greyjoy. Um, <laughs> he uh, shot one of the dragons out of the sky, and I was like, "Oh, that feels so fucking uh, not in world. It feels so unfriendly to the lore to me." And uh, so, uh, and also, it seems like such a waste of a dragon. You know, like why not have the dragon die uh, defending Winterfell and swamped by hordes of whatever? Right. I mean, that's that's it's sort of like whatever. But one of the things I really liked that I think sort of redeemed my view of that scene was the way that all of the uh, scorpions and during the the siege just gone in a second like that from dragon fire. And I, I really liked that return to the invulnerable dragon that that showed up. So everyone's least favorite episode of the series is the sack of King's Landing. And that's my favorite episode of yeah, the of, I, of the last I, season, last I, not the series, the last season. Right. I thought it was incredibly incredibly poignant. I thought it was and fine, I, and I thought like you know a lot of people criticized. I, I had people criticize me like, oh, the dragons are useless in one episode and they're amazing in another episode. I was like, well, one, 
if you look at the way they're flying, they're flying to Dragonstone, and they're they're not. It, it's not even dawned on her that there could be a surprise attack. She's just coasting around with her dragons, brave new world, and then he gets hit in the neck. And I know there's some criticism as as, as uh, the accuracy of that, but the, in in Game of Thrones lore, a dragon was killed in flight once, and he was shot in the eye. And I had yeah, imagined that was Meraxes getting shot in the eye while he was storming a castle. So it's right. Like, he flies up to the top tower of the castle and yeah. gets directly shot in the eye. So, so to me, to me, it's like in the, in in the lore, yeah. it's like dragon scales are harder than steel, and like ballista bolts just bounce off of them, you know. Right. So it seemed it seemed not lore friendly for that to have happened. But and I still feel that way, regardless of what ends up happening in the future. And I kind of I kind of felt like that was a wasted dragon. Well, you know? I I think uh, it it definitely was a dragon that was served up to turn. Uh, Daenerys, yeah. but but I was I think fi- that's that's what they used it for. Was yeah. like we we've got to we've got to justify Daenerys like flipping shit in the next episode, so we got to kill this dragon, you know. But and but also like um I, I was fine with it piercing the ballistics piercing its skin because again they do show it shredded up from the the battle with the dead, you know its yeah. wings have holes in it, it's got all these scratches all over. It. The first one sticks in him, but it just kind of stuns him, and we've yeah. seen that where spears will stick into them and not really kill them it's the one that hits the neck that goes through and again they could have probably done a better job of showing an open wound or showing like where you know i i just don't understand why euron was there in the first place like i i mean euron was always showing up in places where i don't fucking understand why he's there in the first place and and that's another problem of this, with mine yeah. of the show is the usage of Euron. But yeah, let's sure. not get into that i didn't i didn't mind i didn't mind him showing up there because that's a really smart tactic like like let's let's try to um, let's try to ambush them and cut down their forces before they even had a chance to like gather at their base and and fortify a plant. So I'm actually fine with that, and I'm fine with her not seeing it because it looks like she was flying at a lower enough altitude and not paying attention that she might not have caught them hiding behind the rocks. Um, however, when he miraculously comes to the shore, right as Jamie happens to be going into that hole at the same time. Kingslayer, a little bit of skeptical hippo there. I mean, that was yeah, man. I was just like, why, <laughs> why, fucking why? But, but Matt, 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 and I talked offline because you know, I guess He's Euron amazing. in the books is such He's a cool awesome character. Yeah, some of the Euron best is lines, badass man, in the it, books, and I, I mean. It, but also, he's a total piece of shit well, still. Yes, right. But I think but I he think, believes in being and I don't. I don't know this that's true. Right. So so Euron. Euron was a big. Uh, he did feel like a lot of wasted potential. Um, and and Matt and I talked on offline. Me trying to put my myself in the filmmaker's perspective. Like the only thing that I can think of is that they wanted to create a character that was so obnoxious that you it it it, it never became cool, right? That he was like yeah, the personification like, let's, let's of fuckboyness. Let's take this yeah, like he, like you want him. Just use him as a placeholder. Give him his eyes back because Euron's missing an eye in the book. Basically replace his personality with that of a shitty medieval frat boy and then give him a bunch of plot armor until it's time to kill him. That's... Uh, he didn't really have he didn't really have any plot armor. I mean, he's he's only really in a couple of skirmishes. So I, I wouldn't say that. But, they, but I do what think... he was was the Deus Ex Machina of, yeah. of the last two seasons, and I really think that it would have been way cooler if he was the sorcerer or pirate totally. Deus Ex Machina. You uh, know? I agree, and I think, but yeah. I, but the only like the only thing I can assume is they wanted him to be like 
the flip coin of what Theon imagines himself to be in the earlier seasons. Oh yeah, he, he's the Theon that uh, that never oh, existed. Okay. The Theon yeah, as that, he should have been. Sense. And so and like like and, Theon, what Theon aspires and or, to be. And or like that's like here's Euron. He's he's right, the real yeah, like see, king frat boy piece of shit. Where like Theon just thought he was. Huh. Right. All right. Right. And and also like if they gave him if they made him as cool as you guys describe in the books like. I think he would have had a fan base, even if he was an evil character, in the same way that, mm-hmm. say, like the Mountain does, or you know, some of the other characters. And yeah, I, yeah, the Mountain. Dude, I, fuck I, people that monster. like the Mountain. People, there's people like, who are like, he, Mountain. Is he as bad in the show? As yeah. Oh my god. Um, uh, there aren't as many um, gratuitous uh, moments. Yeah, there, there aren't as many uh, scenes that show how bad he is, but you know how bad he is because there's a scene where he fights. Uh, uh, Oberon, Oberon, Martell. Oberon Martell, Doran Martell. Yeah. No, Doran o- is the o- o- Oberon. Yeah, where he fights Oberon Martell, and he's like, "I raped her. I killed." Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so like, I think I, the only thing I can assume, but which I disagree with, but the only thing I can assume is they they really wanted to create or throw in or use him as a completely irredeemable, unlikable character, so that you have a moment to cheer his death. I don't think it works. But yeah, I kind of just was. That's the only thing I could think of. Even even him as like the flip coin of Theron doesn't really pay off because they don't really have their the resolution Theron with is each Theon other. So this. that only works yeah, okay. like if you're going to show a character who has um, if you're gonna if you're gonna show the the evil version of a character like well, this is what you could have been, this is what you aspire to be, and this is what it actually is. You got to pay that off, and 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 having Theon die at the hand of the Night King redeems him, uh, but. It doesn't explain Euron. Like Euron just doesn't work from any really angle, and I've tried yeah. to sort of look at it from their perspective, and I can kind of see it. But again, it's, this is one of those where I think it's a legit criticism. I just don't think it it paid off and worked. I man, I just like how fucking cool would it have been to see like this evil sorcerer totally. pirate like portrayed well, they, on film? They really dialed he, the magic in, back because yeah, he, he, he has, has a group of sorcerers from so like, in, all different kinds of gods that yeah. are slaves. So he has all, he has like, it's like he's just got yeah. his pick of the litter of magics of the kingdom. He can, whatever he needs. And yeah. he's got a dragon binding yeah, horn. he's been to Valeria. Yeah. And yeah. I actually, it's I actually really cool. would have, and I yeah. think that, I think that if they had been willing to, to build that character up, maybe they felt like they didn't have enough time. I don't know. But if they were willing to build that character up in the way that he's described in the books, then I think he could have still killed the uh which dragon was that Drogon was the one that didn't that's the one that lives Rhaegon yeah, the yes. one that lives oh I don't know right yeah he he, he still would have been able to kill Dany sucks <laughs> at naming dragons dude well she's a Targaryen they uh, clearly they name their they have like four names amongst all their family yeah. and well, then since the dragons we put dragon. the O in on no, the two end. on the yeah. nose how about Drogon Drogon ooh even better <laughs> Um, but I think I was named after Carl Drogo. Carl, Carl, yeah. Carl Drogo. Carl Drogo. Hi, I'm Carl. Yeah. Carl Drogo. That's his, that's his cousin. Yeah. <laughs> he works in accounting. He's a Dothraki accountant. Um, no, I think he would have still killed the dragon, but I think he could have like, like I thought it would have been cool if he like forced the dragon to like drown itself in front of, in front of uh, Daenerys. Like, how cool would that if he had his his dragon binding horn? If he was able to like well, force no. the dragon into the if ocean, he, and, like, he has watch the horn. The he's going to struggle to like the dragon. He's not going to like just cool. I just have a dragon. I'm going to waste it. He's... Nah, but we've already but we've already we've already seen dragon on dragon violence with uh, the ice dragon. So I think it'd have been cool, and I think it would have really like pushed her character further if he just decides like 
I'm going to take one of the dragons out, forces it into the ocean. The dragon's like trying to fight against the spell, but he's like drowning himself. And that's a, that would be a really horrific scene. And I think would far more justify um, her turn even more if she like had to watch her dragon basically kill itself in but front then of her. At the last moment, Jon Snow fires arrows into the dragon's ears, making it deaf so it can't hear the horn anymore. And it becomes a good guy again. <laughs> I could write for HBO, guys. I'm pretty good. Oh, John's. <laughs> you are. Um, so, so let's talk about that for a minute, because I let, let's talk about this. Um, if you have signed or created a petition to change the se- yeah, last you got season problems if you've of done Game that. of Thrones, <laughs> you need to get you need to get laid. <laughs> you need to get laid. I don't care by what, as long as it's legal. But like you, you have no life. The most yeah, ridiculous I, anger. I saw people who just missed massive. I hope it happens. Massive. We're we're in a world where that can happen. The they are, they have postponed the the release date for that Sonic the Hedgehog movie to fix it because people did that. So that, by the way, that's why the, would anybody the, like, even care if the Sonic doesn't look anyway. right? It's it's a Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Why would you go see that? Obviously, it's bad. If they do this petition, if somehow it works and HBO's like, all right, everybody, let's get, come on back. We're going to do it. We're going to do a better one or something. Uh, that would be so bizarre. That would be the death that. of cinema if that occurred. Honestly, cin- cinema's like dying already, man. Or is it dead? I'm not sure. But like, I well, think that the the way that the way that movies are made is and you we've we've talked about this before is that like in order for things to be profitable you've got to make sure to hit all the marks that are going to draw in the like greatest amount of people possible and if the good storytelling doesn't mesh with hitting like all of the points that you need to get to bring it be able to bring in like the lowest they have yeah. to be lowest common denominator appealing right yeah and that's the way that big movies are made so that you can you can almost always assume that artistic cre- artistic choices are going to take a backseat to potential profits you know yeah it's, and and that's and, a it's, it's a huge fucking bummer you know game of thrones yeah. i think they give them like 100 million dollars per season or something like that and like when you're getting that much money you have to deliver like certain certain things and um, you got to have big battles you yeah. you have to have your special effects. You have to have like I would have you, loved. You'll notice minutes. that the the first seasons didn't show any battles. Uh, they they alluded no. to them, and that was yes. it. Yes, yes. And as the show got bigger, and as it got a bigger budget, there are just certain deliverables that it had to hit. Like I would have been perfectly happy with a twenty minute scene of John having a soliloquy with Ghost, and like really getting into the head of like what's about to happen as he goes south, and like what he might have to sacrifice and what decisions he might have to make in order <laughs> to do that. But we didn't get that because a hundred million dollars series means that you got to get to the yeah. dragons flying, being hit with spears, and you got to get to, you, you, you know, you got to mm-hmm. you have to get to those points, and so that's that's where art and commerce clash, and unfortunately, that I is just realized it, uh, it's, it's not just enough that John didn't pet so, snow. You you didn't just want to see that. You wanted to see him like chat <laughs> with the wolf for about twenty minutes before the before the plot goes on. <laughs> yeah, you could have you could have used the dire wolf as sort of a placeholder for like the, the, the wolf represents the North and I'm betraying the North by going South, but I'm struggling with that betrayal, you know, but I'm betraying my family and my heritage because I fell in love with this woman I've met for five minutes. 
and um and that scene doesn't ha- happen and maybe you just don't have the time for that kind of stuff but yeah well that's that's where my argument that i think that they they rushed the the last two seasons comes from it's just that like they could have at least made them as long as the previous seasons in order to be able to tell all the stories i mean yeah. i i get i get the idea that I mean, what what is essentially happening here is a new style of storytelling is taking over, and it's a fast-paced, cinematic right. style of storytelling, and and I think it suffers as a result of that. It's not that I I, I didn't hate them the, t- the last two seasons, but I definitely felt like they didn't feel like Game of Thrones to me. I, yeah, I thought it could have just used one more. I think I think you could have just gotten you got gotten a little bit more mileage out of it if you put in one more hour of of just getting the characters to that moment. Um, I don't, again, their decision. I mean, they, they thought that they could sell it in those, in those episodes. I mean, no one forced mm-hmm. them into it. You know, it's, it's creatively what they, what they felt was doable. What did you, what did you think about the end of Jamie's arc? Like going back to Cersei? Uh, I liked it. I liked it a lot actually, because there's a moment where, um, Jamie, is a, is a ver- Jamie to me feels like a, a very Shakespearean tragic character from the standpoint that he doesn't ever really escape his fate and um, his all his efforts to be the hero that we want him to be like we all see it but he can't see it you know it's like he makes plenty of good choices along the way he saves Brienne um, he he, uh, you know, he goes back up north to fight with the for Winterfell. Um, he, but but it cost him something along the way, and he becomes he becomes less of who he was as he goes. And there's a scene right before the Battle of the Dead where he's talking to Tyrion. And he's talking about like, don't you miss those days? Don't you miss to going going back to those days? And Tyrion's like, we can't, we can't go back to that. But I, I don't think Jamie's able to move forward from that. I think that Jamie. I think the moment where he sleeps with Brienne and he's he's laying in bed and she's sound asleep, seemingly satisfied, and um, and he's clearly not, I think spoke volumes. It's like we got to the very end of his redemption arc and at the end of the day, like he's just, he's not, he's flawed in that he will always have that Achilles heel in Cersei and, and he's not a good man, really. I mean, he's a complex character like all the great characters are, but he's not the hero that we want him to be no matter how badly we want him to be that. Like he's yeah, so- I, I, just, I didn't feel it. And I don't really have, I can't really put a finger on why. I, I just, and this might be just me being disappointed in the way that the story turned it out, turned out. But I, I don't know. I felt like the negation of his character arc at the very end just was really dissatisfying to me. Well, we, we, he goes back for Cersei a few different times throughout the series Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think it just, it was like, he, he tried, he tried to be the hero, but he's still the guy that, I, and, and I actually, again, this is where I think it was there, but it wasn't, maybe it didn't hit as, as, as it, well as it should have. Like, I thought that the moment where he sees Bran in the wheelchair mm-hmm. reminded of him of who he is and maybe set into motion this idea that whether or not we as the audience or whether or not it was real, it was, it was realistic that he could become someone else in his mind. He's always going to be that person. Like he, he can't get out of his own, he can't get out of his own way. You know, like he sees Bran and he's like, this is, th- that's who I'm always going to be. I am the King Slayer. I am the King Breaker. 
I am not a. I'm I'm the the sister fucker. Like I'm not a good guy. I'm and like and maybe he could have been, but he can't get out of that. He can't get past that mental block, and so it's in like, the end, it causes him his life. So that that scene where the, between Jamie and Bran, where he's like, you know, why didn't you tell them what I did to you? And he's just like, uh, it, it's what needed to happen, you know. Right. It's a if you if you really think about it, it's not a touching scene at all. It's kind of just like I don't give a shit about this corpse suit that I'm wearing. I am a thousand year old right. consciousness. What do I care yeah. about this dumb child that can't walk? Right. And and it and and it doesn't redeem Jamie. Like Jamie's looking for some sort of like resolution. I think he's looking for some sort of like um um acceptance. The you know, uh, the some last sort of penance, con- and he doesn't uh, get body it. the consciousness yeah. had in the yeah. books is um a guy that's kind of rooted into the earth with like roots all through him and stuff. So, so I, I guess, yeah, yeah. Quite an yeah. upgrade getting into a wheelchair. Yeah, it's like that in the show so. too. Yeah. yeah. So I think there Pretty are moments, I think there are moments in that season that are, that, that easy kind of get washed under with everything else that's occurring where it's, it's pretty Jamie, obvious that Jamie, Jamie doesn't get his redemption. Yeah. He doesn't get it. From, he doesn't really forget it from Bran. He didn't really get it with a new love. He, he just doesn't get it. And so he just, he just accepts his fate as a as a not a good guy, and he goes and dies with the one thing that he. Obs- I don't even. They I wouldn't even say he other. loves that he obsesses uh, Jamie over. Jamie and Cersei, hmm. incestuous romance. You know, no, like I, I kind of always viewed it as like maybe Jamie loves Cersei, but Cersei loved herself, and the closest thing Whoa, she could get good. to being that's in love with herself was being in love with Jamie. I could see that. Yeah, and I'm sorry, I'm going to contradict you. Something you said on the last episode. Mm. Uh, you can cut this out if you want to, but. <laughs> no. I, I read that he didn't have much to do with the last few seasons. Like, really? um, it, yeah, he was. Like, I read an interview with him. He said that he was interested to see what changes they made oh. to to the points that he gave them in in response to season eight. So he's he's been so busy with other projects that he hasn't been he hasn't been on set hmm, like at all. Is well, it one of the things that he was saying? And uh, he also said that uh, he's been focusing on writing the books. Oh, more than any of the other I projects that he's working him on at all. in order to try. And also, I also don't, don't agree, Andrew, that he's written himself into a corner that he can't get out of. I think that he's too busy doing all the other shit that he likes doing more than writing. He, that's what I feel like. It's like, yeah. who are the books for? My old friends, the nerds. I'm not one of them anymore. You know, it's like, he doesn't care about us anymore, man. It's, it's very possible. And, and maybe someone can fact check me, but I thought I read somewhere that initially... He conceived the story as lasting four books, and then he's added books as he's gone because it's going it, to – you know, like he's the kind of writer who writes the characters and he kind of follows the character's journey as he writes and that it's taken – he's had to expand the story because he, he writes and then he's like, oh, shit, I'm going to need more time to get to where I'm going. And so, so I, there's one instance where I knew he did that, and that was whenever he was writing A Feast for Crows – I or a storm of swords. I believe he wrote it too long, mm. and he chopped the half. He, he basically divided the story into. He's like, oh, I'm yeah. not gonna tell. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's what it is. It's a feast for crows and a dance for dragons. It's like a dance of dragons. He like he split. Yeah. He's like, I'm not gonna tell any of these character stories in this book. I'm gonna tell them all in that book. And what he did then was flesh out both of those books instead of like just chopping it in half and having two half sized yeah. books. He fleshed out both of those books into full stories. No, he didn't. He right. Didn't so he's already and added a book, that, which means that. No, no. I, I don't think he added a book. He just he basically just chopped the story in half. Sure. And then wrote and wrote the rest of the book onto that. Right. 
Well, look, yeah. I mean, it, it still lends the point that when he finally gets around to writing now the, what, the sixth book, finishing the sixth book and then going into the seventh, that it might just be too – he's got too many characters. that he, Either one or two things are going to happen. Either he's going to have to start truncating his stories like the show did or he's going to have to give them the room to find their natural resolution, which may yeah, or may not happen. Third, in, third in, thing in, that can happen you know, is that books. he just – so rather rather than facing those challenges at all, he just keeps dies. hanging out with his cool Hollywood friends and doesn't care about us. That's a third possibility that I think is very probable. Could be. That's that's also a thing. Here's something I know too is that Hollywood abandons people too. It's not like once you're in the family, you're there forever. And his show is over. The hype is dying down, and soon enough, he'll be back at the nerd table with us. There was talk of spinoffs. Is what anything you guys would want to see in a in a spinoff right. mm-hmm. from that that world? Yeah, so I've I I think I've mentioned it before in a, a previous podcast, but I would really love to see a, a Game of Thrones spinoff oh, yeah. that focused more on the supernatural elements. Like, uh, I, I that would be cool. I, I think I've said this before. At one point, it would never obviously didn't happen, but I I really wanted um, um, Rob's corpse to be resurrected as well. Maybe through some sort of like uh, uh, dealings with with Lady Stoneheart, and have this like half wolf, half man, like roaming the countryside as sort of her enforcer as she goes and just like in, in, uh, enacts vengeance on those that yeah, wronged her family. That would be cool. I don't I don't see that 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 would have the appeal that they would want in a in a in a story. <laughs> yeah. Just like two undead people doing murders. That, no, I don't is there a that romantic, sounds awesome uh, to me. That's a good I, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm all point. in. Well I mean it is it is a Game of Thrones show, uh, so probably incest at some so point. I, oh go ahead. Oh man. No, well, yeah, uh, right. Right. You have the last one, Chris. So one. for me uh, oh sorry. But, uh, so I I've Wolf got Boner. an idea that I think would be really cool. Uh, okay. And it would be the origin of the faceless men. Because uh, there's this story that uh, back in High oh, Valeria, yeah. you know, the, mm-hmm. the civilization that was there before, um, you know, thousands of years ago before Westeros, uh, they, they had they basically they used a slave force to mine all of their uh, their red gold and all their all their fine ores from uh, volcanoes, and these sla- it was horrible conditions. These slaves were like covered right. in blisters, constantly dying, dying, dying. I mean. You know, you're d- you're down there with a pickaxe mining through walls, and you never know if like you're gonna find gold or just like get blasted with boiling, yeah, lava, boiling water. I mean, it was just the a worst slave conditions ever. Steam, yeah. And somehow among these slaves, these is, it started with them killing each other out of sympathy, and uh, eventually it led to this like uprising of these assassins mm. that started killing the leaders of Valeria, and I. W- I, I would love to see a show. I could even see him tie it I in. I like, am Spartacus. Something to do with that's how Valeria falls. You know, because Valeria's, like, yeah, they, like the, maybe the Faceless yeah. Men brought the, the doom. doom. The uh, Doom so is really like the that, Faceless like Men. Like a story of like a, a slave uprising. So really. Uh, yeah. Some specialized assassin slave that starts this new guild. I mean, that would be wicked, man. I'd love to see that. Right, right. <laughs> so for me, like, like I want to see mm. the Dunkin' Egg stories, mm. you know? They're, um, they're basically the stories of... Uh, Aegon Targaryen when he was a little boy and uh, a, a knight named Sir Duncan the Tall and they basically go have somewhat as far as the uh, the a Song of Ice and Fire universe is concerned uh, light-hearted adventures Interesting. Uh, there's still all kinds of death and plots and combat but it's it's heavy on the it's it's a very small scale 
it's it's through the the eyes of two people only mm. and uh it just it's their adventures as they travel travel through westeros getting involved in you know tournaments and you know land disputes and basically just the the minutia of feudal life right and and i like i really like those stories and i would like to see those on film and then the other one is which is the one that i actually think they're one of the ones i actually think they're going to make okay. is the story of the targaryen conquest of westeros yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, and I, I think that that's one of the ones that they that's in that they're pitching right now, and that they might make. I don't know, but there's a whole there's a whole uh, like yeah. <laughs> a lot more. George R. R. Martin. Used to. Oh yeah, that's right. There's going to be some incest. Yeah, yeah. The history, the history of the Targaryens. It's, it's which I'm yeah, fucking amped for. I'm going to read that next um, after I finish up to the take series. Take over Dorne is one of my favorite things. It's it's wicked. You're going to like it. The Summer Isles or what? Yeah, and and that's where you. Uh, well, Dorne, uh, that's where you read about how dragons yeah. can't be killed by fucking ballistas. Right. You know? Well, yeah. the, I would add one more version that I think would be kind of cool to do. Uh, maybe like in a, in a feature form. Maybe it's not doesn't quite deserving of a series. But did you guys ever read um, Rosencrantz and Goldenstein are dead? No. So it's, it's basically um, two side characters – it's the events of Hamlet from their perspective. There's actually a movie about it too with uh, Gary Oldman and um, uh, Tim. Tim, what's Tim his Roth. Name? What's the, the gentleman from um, Reservoir Dogs? Yeah, he's good. Tim Roth. Yeah, um, I like Tim Roth. Yeah, it's a good. It's a good movie. It's a good. It's like a sort of a comedic play, but it's it's all the events of Hamlet from these just these two nameless guards who are kind of like bumbling idiots. I think it would be kind of interesting if you saw the whole Song of Ice and Fire from the perspective of just like two guards that sort of find themselves like almost like a Forrest Gump-esque version of right. of that story, but from like the common folk. Or maybe, maybe even that's a, kind of funny. A, a yeah. Cool, that'd be fun. Like um, Twilight Zone style. Every episode has a different director and a different, you know, different writer, just little short stories based around the Westeros kingdom or, you know, something like that could be kind of fun too. Or like a, a collection of horror <laughs> of old I'm man, that, man narrating horror stories. <laughs> That'd be cool. That's brilliant. And she's just like, gather close, kids. And like tells yes. us a horrible thing about like children getting eaten by some pig monsters. <laughs> yeah. You've been listening to the Grindhouse Podcast on the Weirdo Riders Network. Please follow us on Instagram at Grindhouse Podcast and listen to us every Monday on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and wherever all fine podcasts can be found. 